All right, good evening, and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, June 11th, or actually, sorry, June 10th. I'm a day off there. Uh, I am your host, uh, Randy. I've got my two two other hosts here, um, Tommy and and Olivia, who is now officially another co-host on the show. Olivia, welcome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. You've actually been here for a while, but we have made it official. You are now crew. Um, Enos is having issues with the, the Zoom contact, so hopefully he will be joining us here um, in a few moments. Um, so how was everyone's last week or weekend? Um, ours had, was a little bit challenging. I have an older dog. He has arthritis. He took a spill this weekend, so uh, mm. you know we've been dealing with that. Mm. But he seems to be turning around and doing a little bit better now, so that's that's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a sad sign when you start seeing the animals getting older because then you just start, other things start entering the back of your mind and thinking, oh, God, I got to start dealing with your mortality now, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Cry, dog. And he's 13 and he took, like I say, he took a spill this weekend, but he seems to be doing a little bit better now. So we're, we're happy about that. All right. Well, poor Clyde. Um, for those of you looking for us last week, we weren't here because Randall himself had a medical issue. And I gave the guys the opportunity to either pick a new subject last week or to um, not have the show at all because the subject we were supposed to do, I really wanted to be part of and I didn't want to miss it. <laughs> so, yeah, we decided not to go on without our fearless leader. So, so fearless leader. <laughs> Man, Olivia's been promoted already. Look at that. Awesome. awesome. Right. <laughs> Man, she's been here, what, a month? She's taken over already. All right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and start with some news items. We're going to do changing the format a little bit. Normally, I used to go and, and get, like, a good seven or eight news stories and then pull them out and we would discuss them. I've decided we're changing that. Everyone's going to have a news item, and we're going to have each one present that and then discuss them as we go and hopefully get a little bit more on the actual subject of the show itself because I noticed sometimes we run out of time and we have a lot more we could have talked about. So, Olivia. Yeah. I'm giving you the first news item this week. Roll with it. Okay. Um, it's a pretty big shakeup in the comic book industry, especially for comic book store owners. Um, this week, DC announced that they are going to end their partnership with Diamond Comics, who had um, pretty much a monopoly on the comic book distribution services for 25 years. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around about why they ended it. Most people are assuming it's just because Diamond was having a lot of issues actually paying DC. Um, but really, DC is just saying that they're shifting things up, um, that it kind of ties into what they're doing to strengthen their direct relationship with the market. Um, but it's been some interesting changes. Um, they have two distributors they're working with now, Lunar on the West Coast and then UCS on the East Coast. Right. I, I tell you so. one thing that I think is also part of the reason why DC did it. Because um, remember, back in the day, we had Capital and Diamond. And DC mm -hmm. remembers the, the days when they had one or the other that they could have gone through. If DC, if Diamond couldn't get it out to them, then Capital could step in and get it for them and vice versa. Um, I also think that DC likes having a little bit of an edge on getting their books into the stores on Tuesday because that's part of their new plan, right? Yes. So that actually was the case this week, which we weren't totally expecting. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they keep on that schedule because it definitely changes things up. Um, for the most part, I mean, New Book Day is still... Wednesday, and it's hard to think of a, a different day of the week that New Book Day would fall on, because um, it's just been that way for a while. Um, yeah, I'll be buying yeah. my stuff on Wednesdays, because that's New Book Day. Well, and, and here's the thing. Wednesday's New Book Day, but I know that in a lot of cases, stores did get their books on Tuesday and would put them up Tuesday evening after they closed. 
instead of having yeah. to come in early Wednesday morning to do it. And then sometimes Wednesday they wouldn't see him till 12 or 1 o'clock, and they're like, you're, you're killing me here, ups. So. Well, it was that way for a long time. And then recently, and really the past two or three years, they started doing it a day ahead of time. And that's really helps because we can get all prepped on Tuesday and then set them out at night so that when Wednesday hits 11 o'clock, everybody's coming in ready to roll. Right. Because I know even you guys uh, back on when you used to get them on Wednesdays have had days where you're sitting there at one o'clock going, where the hell are my books? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we have a lot of orders to pull every day. So it took a while. Right. It's nice to have the extra time. Yeah. 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 Although I, I, do want, I do want to say I called it. Did I not tell you guys three or four weeks ago that DC was not going to go back to Diamond? It was done. Yeah. You are the ever omnipotent one, Randy. You know all and tell all. Well, I just, I just saw the writing on the wall when DC said we're going to set up our own new, our own distribution. And I was thinking, yeah, th just they're basically saying we're not going to have a reason to go back when we're done, are we? Basking mm -hmm. your celebrity status, just basking it. I am basking, basking. All <laughs> right. So Tommy has um, two news stories. Tommy, your first one ties directly to Olivia's news, so I want you to go with that one first. Exactly. Um, Mile High Comics, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard them. They're an online uh, comic distributor, are having a, a back issue sale with the code word DC sucks. Um, this is taken from his website. I'm beginning a 50% off back issue sale today with the code word DC sucks. I make no apologies for the forthrightness of my code word choice as I am rightfully and truly pissed off. The 50% off DC sucks code word applies to all 10 million of our back issues, comics and magazines including an awesome collection that Pam purchased this morning, and it just goes on to close things. Now, please keep in mind, guys, if you go try to take advantage of this, Mile High's comics prices are usually a bit on the high side, even with 50% off sale. Right. But I had to pick this up because I approve of this level of pettiness. I approve of this. <laughs> well, here's this, the thing. This, this, is, this is pettiness in its finest form, and I approve of this. And here's the thing that's funny. It's 50% off, and I've actually seen them have 60% off code word sales as well. Um, but even then, they are extremely overpriced on back issues. Um, well, yeah, I mean that's one that's one of the reasons why I I don't really have never purchased anything from there because the last time they had a fifty percent off sale, I I found a couple things that I'd be interested in getting, but I was like, well, this is cheaper elsewhere, even with fifty percent off. Right. So I will. I didn't buy. It. But see, here's the thing: I will give them their props. Um, if I can't find it in my local store or I can't find it on a couple of the other retailers, Mile High will usually have the back issue I'm looking for. So unless oh, I'm, yeah, they, unless they I'm really, really desperate for that particular series, um, and, and that's kind of why they are overpriced, because you know they're probably going to have it. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying their collection. They, they, have, they have quite a bit of stuff in stock. I mean, there's no denying that, but you, you're going to pay for it. Right. Now, it's, uh, here's the thing, though, and I... I can't remember his name. It's Chuck, right? Uh, Chakra Rosansky, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe so. He's also, a few years ago, went on a tirade against San Diego Comic Con um, and about uh, basically how he was sitting there at their booth one year and their truck didn't come that night. And he'd sit there, he sat there all day waiting for it and he didn't get uh, very much in the way of apology from SDCC other than, oh, gee, sorry, guys. Um, and he was supposedly leaving that con, and he sent out this really long letter about, you know, they need to take comic out of the name Comic Con for SDCC because it has not been a comic convention for years now. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they're back now. So, I, yeah, I, I remember that happening. That wasn't that that hasn't been too terribly long ago because I remember us talking about about them leaving after being there for so long because they were really upset about the, about that. But uh, I so I. 
I, and I will freely admit, I do still have a, a nice subscription with them for new stuff. Um, and I usually use that now for just some of the premium covers that I want because a lot of the ones that I really like, uh, you're only going to get if you just put in an order for it ahead of time. And, and I yeah. basically keep forgetting to just uh, go into um, Ed's and say, I want this cover. Um, and a lot of the yeah. covers are premium too. He's got to order X of this many books who get that one cover. So, right. Mile High is probably going to do that anyways. So. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, so I get the newsletter from him and he, he does make a lot of valid points about the DC sucks code word and that their move to another distributor is putting a strain on a lot of stores who now have to set up two or three accounts out, you know, outside of their, their diamond one now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, because that's a big issue that, um, you know, a lot of comic store owners are posting about um, because they just kind of have to pivot. They have X amount of weeks until they don't get DC books. Thankfully, I mean, we were already set up with them a couple weeks ago, but I'm sure it definitely came as a surprise to some people who have to pivot and now set up a new order with a different company. Well, it's, it's it's a big kudos to your dad who's been in this business long and long enough that he's seen these type of trends before. So when this first happened, Absolutely. he he had enough experience. He was ahead of the curve on this one. Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely helped. So we will have no lag in DC books coming in. Absolutely, that's I, good. Yeah. Oh yeah, they. I, um, I'm going to go ahead and just plug Olivia's store right now. Gateway Comics and Toys here in Fredericksburg has been fantastic. Um, when the COVID thing first did happen, he was still open. He had a lot of trade paperbacks. And when DC started shipping again, uh, without fail, no delay, they said they were shipping that first week. Boom, they had the books. So, Tommy, you also have another yeah. news item. And I know this one is, uh, for some reason, is your soapbox one. So go ahead. Well, yes, you know, I, I love talking about this. This. <laughs> this this comes to us from the world of Rob Liefeld. Just loving to live in his world. Um, he's doing a IDW book called G.I. Joe Snake Eyes Dead Game. He's doing the internal art. And I believe he's writing it as well. Uh, he has announced that he will not be signing the upcoming um, Big Time Comics variant cover of, of, um, of this. He will not be autographing it. So don't, don't give it to him to autograph. Do not send it off to CGC to have it autographed. He's not going to do it. Big Time Comic, he's not expressed a reason as to why he will not be doing it. Um, apparently the cover is an homage to to uh, New Mutants 87. And from according to Big Time Collectibles, they did give Rob the official credit that he deserved for doing that. He's just not offering any reason why he's refusing to sign it. Really? Um, so maybe, maybe this is called, maybe we call this pulling a life field? Because <laughs> I know that, what was just, it? Just Rob being Rob? He, I know he wasn't signing the um, reprint editions that Marvel recently did of New Mutants 98, right? Right, he um, wasn't and, doing that. And that one I can understand why, because he's like, I don't want you guys taking a reprint book, signing it, and getting me sign it, grading it, and then you think you have a valuable right. book when you really don't, um, type right. of thing. I don't understand but, why this one, because this is original material. It's not like a reprint of something. Well, and, and in this case, too, if you take a look at New Mutants uh, 87, and you take a look at Avengers 145, you can see that he borrowed greatly from Avengers, the cover to Avengers 145. So it's not like the cover to New Mutants 87 is completely originally his work. Gil Kane's uh, Avengers 145 is pretty much an identical cover. Right. Huh. And yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, you know, that is interesting that he's not signing a book, but he's not given a reason other than not signing it. 
yeah, I'm just not signing it. And, you know, like I said, it, it is it is clearly, you know, patterned after New Mutants 87 and, you know, the, the Avengers 145 before that. But, you know, they they give them they give them credit for it in there. They they put in their afterlife field and, you know, that, you know, that this was an homage to one of his books. So, I mean, he is given credit for having drawn the original cover. So they they have no idea why he's not doing it or not wanting to, to sign it. So. I mean, and when you speak, when you consider he draws the interior of the book, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's a situation where it's, you know, they did an homage to, to him and he had nothing to do with anything going on in the book. He, he draws this book, you know, very interesting. All right. So, so, so I have a news Bob being Rob. I don't know. I have a news item. Um, it's not a huge news item unless you are a big DC and a Superman fan, which, um, there's, ironically, there's very few Superman fans. For me, he's always going to be the number one hero. You, you have to be reading Superman because he's why we have this industry. Let's put, I mean, I'm going right. to be, be blunt. Um, but apparently on a recent uh, podcast, Brian Michael Bennis commented that his run on both Superman and action are reaching their end. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. I figured this, this would be a much longer run than, than what he... Um... Well, I think um, when he... I don't remember the name of the podcast he was on, and I'm actually not going to mention it on my podcast because, you know, competition type of thing. But, yeah, he actually said that his run's coming to an end. Um, and then I started thinking about it. And we mentioned this before. Brian Michael Bendis, when he does a run on a book, he's either going to do a really good job or he's going to kill it. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I'm kind of actually enjoying his run on Superman. Now, I will fully admit, he started off with this whole Rogel Czar thing, and I hated that guy. I hated the whole idea that the Guardians basically hired Rogel Czar. He went into the heart of Krypton and exploded it. But you, yeah. know, you know what was really good that came out of that? And Tommy knows this. The Supergirl book benefited greatly from that storyline. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Because what happens is, he basically, Superman can't defeat him, and Kara finds out about this and says, well, I'm going to have words of Guardians, and off in the space she goes. So, mm-hmm. while I hated the introduction of that character in Superman, it did a great wonder on the Supergirl title, because I wasn't reading run, Supergirl until they did that. Yeah, that was a great run for her. It was it was excellent. I, I liked it. Um, like you said, Man of Steel, to me, was kind of meh. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it, you know? But it was just meh. But like you said, what, what Supergirl got out of it was great, because, you know, that was a great run. Um, also, too, a uh, couple of other things he did, because uh, we got to give him some props. Uh, he brought back the Legion of Superheroes, and he did it in yes. the pages of Superman in action to set him up in their regular book. Um, I'm kind of not a big fan of him taking Jonathan Kent and suddenly fast-aging him to a teenager, um, which I think that was an obvious ploy by DC. Is guess who's going to get, you know, sitting on a couch with mom and who's going to be the new Superman? Fortunately, 5G has died, or at least we think it's died. Knock on wood. Quick, I need wood. I need wood. Um, oh, wow, that didn't sound good. Hey, phrasing. Um, and also, too, the truth storyline he just recently did where um, Clark Kent went into the Daily Planet and said, by the way, I'm Superman, and you know I'm not going to be masquerading or, or disguise it anymore. So he's given us that storyline. Um, but at the same time, we've also gotten some weak stuff out of him. Because let's be honest, that Red Cloud villain, in, in action, it's just not working for me. But yeah, he gave us Leviathan too, and the Leviathan series was great. Now, see, I, did, I, I didn't care for Leviathan. I didn't care for Event Leviathan. Uh, I just love that it, it showed how powerful this organization was because it takes down all yeah. the power players. I think I think it's got. I think the I think the uh, organization has great potential, you know, for for the DC universe as a whole. But 
I really wasn't super crazy about the the storyline. It, it it never really really grabbed me too much. Well, and here's I think the I thing: I have to agree. It was one of those things where I was really excited for it, but it was almost a little too hyped. It was a good story; it just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah, and and you know, and, and and Leviathan has great potential. You know, it it's, mm-hmm. it, could be, it can be good. This is something that can really rock DC's universe. So I mean, it 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 has potential. Well, and I think, and here's the problem, and and this is another flip side of whenever Brian Michael Bendis does tell a good story, it got a little lengthy and wordy. Uh, what mm-hmm. was that series? Six issues? You probably could have done it in four. You know? Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, but some of that, and we've talked about this on an early episode too, some of that too with like the, the wordiness and stuff with comics these days is they're writing for trade paperbacks, you know? Right. A six-issue trade paperback <laughs> sells better. Right. A six-issue trade paperback is going to sell probably better than a four-issue trade paperback, so. Right. And, and, you know, case in point, one of the recent trades I got of Sandman, because I'm going back and doing a Sandman run, I felt a little cheated because one of the volumes was only four issues. And I remember yeah. going, WTF? And then, oh, wait a minute, I got to remember <laughs> back then that there's still, the story arc didn't this. always run six or seven issues with Neil. So, yeah. So how far, how far are you into that, you know, if I can ask? I just picked up volume five last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Good. haven't read it yet because I had to read Flashpoint for this week's uh, episode, but I'm dying to read that because I really just loved um, Volume 4. What was that? Um, Game of You. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this had a storyline you were talking about where Neil's going back to hell to freeze uh, the free oh, yeah. Nada. Yeah. And uh, so he's already pissed yeah, Lucifer off one. in the first arc. And so he goes, it's, uh, his minion go and tells Lucifer, oh, by the way, we have a, an emissary from, uh, you know, uh, Morpheus, he's coming back to hell, and he's like, "Really? Okay." So you're thinking, "Oh man, it's all it's on now." And then it gets there, and hell's empty. And Lucifer's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. here." So uh, I've kicked out all the demons. I've freed all the souls. Here's a key. Here's key. Bye. And Morpheus is like, Here's "Excuse key. me." You want to with it? I'm done. I'm out. So, I'm yeah. gonna go run a bar in L.A. Yeah, that was a really great storyline. Why wouldn't the devil run a bar in L.A. if he quits doing his job in hell? Right. I don't know. Right. So yeah, it was really. Good. That's definitely one series I need to go back and read because I love the TV show on Netflix. That's one of my yeah. favorite shows, actually. So it's on Netflix? Yeah, I've never read the Lucifer series, but Sandman. Lucifer is. Oh, Lucifer, okay, yeah. I really if want you Sandman. Read Sandman. You could read that. That was great. Um, and I just recently, the other day, remembered the whole storyline um, where he's in the tavern, like I think, in, like, in the 1700s, maybe even the 1400s, and those guys are all having to talk, and the one guy says, you know what? This whole dying thing is stupid. I'm not going to do it. And like, oh, oh, yeah. You're not going to do it. He's like, die. I'm just not going to do it. It's a dumb idea. You guys go ahead and do that. And Morpheus hears him. I'm like, okay, well, if you're not going to die, neither am I. Let's let's meet here in 100 years. If you And, of course, every 100 years, they're meeting in this bar. They and meet, right? Well, this yep, is really good. <laughs> I like that, too. That was great. Um, but... But talking but, about Bendis and Superman, back on that subject, um, some other good stuff has come out of his work at DC. Um, for instance, um, Young Justice. He brought back Young Justice. Um, he obviously brought in the Legion of Superheroes, which is doing really good. Which, by the way, guys, issue six is out today. Um, still waiting for Matter Eater, lad. And Naomi. Um, Naomi was a great book. I'm waiting for that to come back, too. So... Enos had a storyline. However, he has had trouble getting in, so I guess he gets a report a on that next week. Okay. Um, so let's do some show and tell. But first, Olivia is going to tell us who brought them show and tell. Um, so Gateway Comics and Toys, we're in Fredericksburg, over by Gold's Gym and the Gateway Shopping Center. Um, all of our hours and everything that we're doing to combat what's going on with COVID is listed on our website. 
Um, we do also have pre-order forms and all our new releases listed on the website every single week. So if you do have any questions about variant covers or anything, they are on there and you can order directly through the website. Um, otherwise, you can contact us on email, on Facebook, Instagram. Everything is under Gateway Comics and Toys. Awesome. Um, Madman, do I have a camera today for show and tell? Uh, you're going to have to hold it up to the camera in front of you. As long as it works. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go first. Madman brought in um, JLA Year One, Book One. Um, now, I don't have camera on my end, so I don't know what you guys are seeing over there. You got it. You got okay, it. cool. Um, I've always been a fan of the JLA. These little uh, Year One books have been really good. Um, they were great little one-shots that DC were doing. Um, and plus, I think it's got our favorite Time Tower Booster Gold on there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. No, no. I'm uh, Black Canary. Oh. Damn it. I must have been looking at the wrong book. Black Canary, Martian Manhunter. Uh, Madman, why this particular book, buddy? Uh, the year one story is probably one of my favorite Just Justice League story because it's sans Superman. You know, there's a, it's it's just this, uh, and, and Flash is the leader of the group, you know. Right. And Green Lantern thinks he's the leader. And I, I, I like the dynamic of this particular group, this particular story of the Justice League of America. I like this telling of it. In fact, I think when the Justice League actually first started, there was no Superman in that group, right? Yeah, correct. correct. Um, all right, you guys, you're up because mine's special. All right, I'll go next. Um, I, I know, Randy, I know you have this book. I don't know if you've shown it off or not, but I'm going to be showing it off. I got this from our friends at Gateway Comics and Toys. Uh, it is DC Comics Presents number 26, the first appearance of the new Teen Titans. Mine's created. Well, mine's not, <laughs> but it's still a very nice copy. That I'm very proud to have in my collection. That is a very awesome. good book. Yes. Yeah, very good book to have. First appearance of uh, a lot of great people, such as Cyborg and Starfire and Raven. So very happy to get that. Uh, you know, Gateway offers a loyalty program where you can build up a discount. I built up a discount of thirty percent and was able to get this for thirty percent off. So um, yeah, very very happy to have it. Awesome. So. Olivia, That's what my do you favorite got? part of everything too is when people come in and they just pick, you know, their favorite like holy grail books, and I'm just happy that people get excited over stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so it's funny that we talked about Lucifer and Netflix because I have another Netflix show that I'm kind of been reading. So this is Umbrella Academy. Oh yes, um, the second season is actually supposed to come out next month, I think. Um, so that's a great one. I love independent comics of all the, you know, Marvel, DC, everything. I read a lot more independent comics uh, just because I'm following along with them a little bit better. Um, Umbrella Academy has been one of my favorites. Lock and Key is also really good. That's by Joe Hill, who is actually um, Stephen King's son. Right. And he's Great doing Lock it. and Key. That's a book. Um, my wife and I enjoyed that series on Netflix, Lock and Key. We, we liked that. That was good. I haven't read the yeah, comics. I need to, I Lock and like Key was awesome. I need to pick. It was I, good. I need to get that. I think the last volume I read was three, so I need to catch up on that. I also need to watch Netflix. I don't know it was out there. Um, <laughs> so, And you know what, Olivia, you remind me. We need to actually talk about some of the non-superhero comics because there's so many great ones out there. Like the one I told you about today when I was picking up book seven, Something is Killing the Children. I'm really yeah. liking that book. Um, so mine... Um, actually ties in with today's subject. So I have brought in Crisis on Infinite Earths number eight, The Death of the Flash, a 9.4 CGC copy. Wow, oh, nice. Pretty book. Pretty um, book. But the reason I brought this in is because this is where the Barry Allen Flash dies. Um, his own series, The Flash, had ended with issue 300, 350, I think, like maybe the year before. 
Um, and this is the one that destroyed me as a kid because I was like, <gasps> that means they're not going to bring them back. And they didn't for a good, what, 20, 25 years? Um, yeah, because that was in, what, 83 right there? And then they didn't bring them back until the, the 2000s. Yeah. But the reason I'm showing this book off is because it's the death of Barry Allen. And Barry Allen just happens to be the subject for tonight's show because we've actually titled it, Damn It, Barry. Because we're talking about the Flashpoint series. And we'll hopefully touch a little bit past the Flashpoint series. Um, so Flashpoint was a series that DC did in 2011. It was written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Andy Kubert. He did, they did all five issues, right? Um, yes. So here's what's really great about this um, book. Uh, it starts with um, a narration talking about the great hero that Barry was. And you don't know who's doing a narration in, at the beginning of it. Uh, but he wakes up at his desk in Central City. And you find out several things are, are not quite right. Um, obviously, there's no Flash. He doesn't have his powers. Um, Citizen Cold is supposedly Central City's hero. Even they all talk about how we all know he's not really a hero. Um, apparently... Uh, the Amazons and Themyscira have claimed London as their new um, reign and had gone to war with Arthur and Atlantis, who have flooded half of Europe. Um, there's no Superman. No one's ever heard of Superman. And he's like, wow, this is just really weird. I, I know who's going to know what's going on. Batman has no, to know. No, no Justice League either. No Justice League either. So Barry finds, um, uh, Batman finds, um, you know, the Wayne Manor, he goes in there and Wayne Manor doesn't look right either because it's all dismantled and hasn't been looked lived in. In fact, the famous clock in front of the secret passage is like sitting there off the wall of skew. And he goes into the passage, there's Batman and he's beating him to a pulp like, who are you? And he says something like, you know, Bruce, don't you know me? And Batman goes, Bruce is dead. And then Barry goes, holy crap, you're Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And before we, before we go on that, keep in mind, you know, a lot, we, we'll find out before he goes to the Batcave as well. Barry's mother is still alive. Yes. And father is dead. Right. But and the that, father that, had that, died of a heart attack uh, just like a few years before. Right, right, of, of a heart attack three years before. But his mother was, was still alive. Well, it also has this really great scene where Cyborg shows up um, to talk to the Batman um, outside of a giant casino like Wayne Towers or what have you. And he's got a whole bunch of people um, meeting there like in a hologram. And he's saying, you know, we need to evade um, Europe. We got to bring an end to this war between Arthur and Diana before they destroy everything. Um, mm -hmm. And they're all saying, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. They're all voting as to whether or not they want to go until he finds out that Batman's like, no, I'm out. And they're like, oh. yeah. and then suddenly they're like, oh, Batman's not going. We're not going. <laughs> well, and, and Cyborg is the one that gets everybody together. He's basically taken over as Superman's role in this in this universe as the preeminent hero. Right. Which was such an odd choice that they went with Cyborg on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, the... I mean, he, he has a lot of potential as a superhero, especially in, you know, in, in the uh, internet age. But I mean, you know, I, I was kind of surprised by that, too. One of the things I liked about this, too, um, Abin Sur is the Green Lantern, not Hal Jordan. Right. Absolutely. And and uh, the uh, the Marvel family kids all, all have to say. Or one individual, together. Yes. To become Captain Thunder. They, they don't each individually have the powers. It's Captain Thunder, not Captain Marvel or Shazam. So I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Um, and then in the second issue of this, um, I guess they've been a little bit darker. It opens up with us seeing Deathstroke and his crew on a ship on the water. You're like, okay, this is interesting. And then 
as they're hunting, you find out that I guess they're using Aqualad as their form of captive sonar um, to mm-hmm. the point where they're like shocking him to get him to use his powers to try and find Aquaman and they can't. But as we're doing this, um, one of his crew yells that they found another ship. And it's, of all people, Travis Morgan, the warlord. So they, Travis Morgan is still after, but they take him from the inner earth thing. And now he's on a ship of his own, but it's been um, decimated and they're all dead. And they're like, you know, what happened to him? And Deathstroke's like, they went too far inland and now we have too. And then guess who attacks him right then? Aquaman and Ocean Master. Mm-hmm. And you're led to believe that there, that there are no survivors. Right. Um, but then it also has a couple of great bits, too, where the Flash is now talking to Thomas Wayne Batman. And he says, you know, in my world, I'm the Flash. You know, your son, Bruce, um, is Batman. In, in my world, you and Martha died, not Bruce. And he goes, I'll prove it to you. And he has his ring and he opens it. He says, you know, my, my ring has got a special um, uniform in it. It's compressed by chemicals. And it comes out and it's a reverse Flash costume. And immediately yeah. you're like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> and he yeah, even Thawne. says that. It's Thawne messing with me, like, you know, Eobard Thawne. And I love how Thomas Wade even goes, what kind of name is Eobard? <laughs> I, I got to admit, he's right. It's a legit question. Yeah. It's a weird name. Absolutely. Well, and he even says it's, it's from the future. Not one every day, if nothing else. Right. Um, I mean, of course, in his time frame, and like, what, what is he from the 31st century or something like that? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a common name. So maybe it's like John. I don't know. But, right. You know. But then also during this, too, this is when we find out that apparently Lois Lane has gone deep undercover over in uh, Themyscira to try and infiltrate the, uh, the resistance or find them. And Steve Trevor is over there looking for her. And, yeah, Diana, and Diana and them capture him. And you find out, and I didn't know if you caught this. I, I had to go back because I thought I misread it. They mentioned that they have a spy and says, you know, our informant is right. Cyborg is massing troops against us. Yes, they but they bring up that they have a spy on on the inside, you know, in the resistance to try to come back and you know to attack them. So yes, that is mentioned here. I forgot about that until until much later on. Well, when the spy gets revealed, you're thinking, "Damn, that's right! I forgot about that." Yeah, I forgot about that until they actually re- revealed the spy that they did bring that up in here that there is a spy. So a lot of good stuff happens. Is that the one where um, Flash says, "You got to help me get my powers back" and yeah, this is the one where he tries to recreate the experiment that gives him the powers, and it may leads you to believe that it doesn't work because he's just fried to a crisp oh, right. at the last page of, of, of this issue. What is it? He tells them, you've got like uh, third-degree burns over 75% of your body. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, because the next one starts, you know, one of the things he, he's telling um, you know, Dr. Wayne, Thomas Wayne Batman, version of Batman, is that they want to, uh, he wants to try again, and, and Wayne is trying to talk him out of it because like, hey, you almost died. Right. Can't be doing who wants to take issue three olivia does good so i have the trade paperback i'm trying to flip through and find issue three um but basically it sounds like we're leaving off where um cyborg is relieved of duty and then element woman comes in and kind of takes over um and then sorry flipping through this i gotta love emily's song uh, element woman especially when she shows up later <laughs> with Batman and Cyborg and like anyone at Juice Box, I brought extra. <laughs> yeah, she was nuts. <laughs> I mean, she was nuts in a good way, but she was kind of a little off her rocker. I like that. Well, and they even yeah, addressed okay. that. Go ahead. So I had a couple pages of art flag too, because I'm always oh, all yes. about the art. When we were talking about Barry Allen. Oh, yeah, and he's I all mean, burnt on the table. Super. 
<laughs> but he's still like, let's try again. It's hard to believe anybody can go through that. And this was the other one I had flagged. Oh, yes. That's Where a great he's scene. Effectively. Because mm -hmm. what happens is they go up, he goes up, up, up on the roof. And as he's talking, he gets hit by lightning. So he doesn't even get to finish what he's saying. And you see Thomas Wayne Batman get knocked off the roof. And you're thinking, okay, great. Now they're both dead. And then all of a sudden, Barry super speeds down here, catches them, and he just goes, told you. <laughs> and we also find out, this, um, we find out in this issue yeah. that Barry's memories are being overwritten by right. this timeline memories. Because, you know, in the beginning, he has memories of what, what everything is supposed to be, and it's being overwritten by what, what happened here. Right, because he even tells them, we have to hurry. The, the, the memories of this, of this earth are now cementing themselves as my memories. Um, right, you know, he's, you know, with his mom alive and his dad having passed away and, and, you know, everything that we've gone over before. Also, too, this is the issue where the resistance over in Themyscira finds Lois Lane, and it's being led by Grifter from the old Image Comics line, of all people. Uh, Grifter, I see demon in, the demon in there. I wasn't quite sure who the other three were. Um, I uh, thought maybe the blonde was maybe Black Canary. No. They are characters the I actually don't recognize. There you go. Yeah, Livia's got the, them. The green yeah, woman, I thought maybe, maybe that was Miss Martian, maybe. I don't know. I, I, like, I didn't recognize them. Well, I and the actual issues, and the Olivia might have it in her trade, but the actual issues at the end of each one had character bio and profiles on it, and they mentioned them there. Yeah, so I, I wasn't familiar with those three characters, but I, but I, I recognized the demon and, and, of course, Grifter, like you said. Right. This and is, they don't have direct, but they do have a lot of concept art in the back of this, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And a lot of those were in the standalone issues also. Too. Also, this is a great one, too, where um, Flash is talking to Batman after he's made his new costume. And he says, I just don't understand how Superman's not here. You know, where did his rocket crash? And Wayne tells him, well, years ago, there was a rocket that crashed into Metropolis. It was the same year that Bruce was born. And you go, okay, there it is. And there he is. And you find out uh, what happened to it. Goes, I don't know, but Cyborg would. And he basically goes to Cyborg um, and says, "You know, where did the government take the rocket?" And he's like, "What makes you think I I know that?" And I love the scene because it's like, really, you're like the walking high tech on the planet. You can tap into any system on the planet if you just do it right. Um, but what's really great is he mentions that yes, there was a uh, they took the rocket to something called Project Superman, and he specifically mentions subjects one, two, and three. And immediately you're just like, ooh. Yeah, you, you know, you know, Superman's one. They show a canine skeleton, so obviously that was crypto, right? And see, now, now you don't went and ruined it because I was going to say there's a scene where they break into Project Superman, and they're like this was subject two, and you see the canine skeleton, and you're just like, oh, that's just cold. Yeah, that was cold. That was cold. Yeah. And um, it does it doesn't go into who the third one is. Here. I, we I never find out who subject three was. Brian. I'm yeah, thinking. I'm there is the three-part um, Project Superman tie-in, and I'll bet it's mentioned in there. Um, now, I did yeah, read it, that when yeah, it first it, came it, out. I'm going to have to go back and reread it. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I probably read it when it first came out, too. I'm assuming Supergirl, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was like Zod. Well, it could have been, because remember... One of those things where it kind of makes you wonder, too, if like they were leaving it open specifically so that they could potentially in the future tie in another book or create something else. But right, yeah. Absolutely. How important is it to the plot? Although I do, and then they do find Superman, and who was thrown back when they open it up, and it's a skinny, malnourished, pale kid, and you're thinking, that's not Superman. <laughs> and then right. it dawns on you, oh, well, wait, yeah, they haven't had him out in the sunlight. Because remember, even Bruce, even Thomas says something like, this is Superman? <laughs> <laughs> 
But then remember what happens at the end of it? They get him outside. The sun hits him. The guards show up and tell him to freeze. He turns around, heat visions their guns, and then flies off. And you're like, yep, that's him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he takes off. And that's um, and that's how we end the uh, this issue is with him taking off. Right. And Flashpoint 4. Now, this is great because um, this is basically uh, all hell is breaking loose because the war starts between uh, Demisera and Atlantis. Yep, and the Marvel Marvel family decides to uh, join the uh, join the fight, um, and we find out that uh, Oliver Queen is not the Green Arrow in this in this. Uh, no, but he still uh, runs Queen Industries. He, he, st- he still runs Queen in- Industries, but he is not the superhero Green Green Arrow. As a matter of fact, the Green Arrow is a bomb that they plan on dropping right. on London because of the because of the war. I, I like that. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool thing here. You know, if you weren't going to bring Oliver in as a hero, you know that to, to have that be be something like that. I like that. That was a cool cool twist to me. Well, um, yeah, it was like a weird little Easter egg. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Um, and we also f- find out who that who the traitor is here. Well, hang on, stop before you get there because issue four is really great because um, Demisera and the forces of Atlantis go to war. Batman, Flash, Cyborg, and Element Woman show up along with uh, the Shazam kids, right, who become Captain Thunder. And during that fight, um, you think, wow, how are they going to beat this these groups, right? Um, you find out that um, the Enchantress, who's contacted, so, so the, the whole order's coming. She's like, no, they all decided they're not in, but I'm coming. And right as things get heavy, she's like, she makes a comment about you're all just kids, and we find out Enchantress is the traitor. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we find out? This is such a oh, this is such a powerful moment. She uses her powers, says Shazam, and reverts them all back to kids. Yep, and Billy meets his untimely demise. So here's here's what I had about was wondering about that. Who actually kills Billy? It looks like it's Wonder Woman, but the Telltale Lightning of Thawne shows up at the same time. Yeah, I I couldn't tell either. I thought I thought it was one of Aquaman's brood, but. Maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe it may be. I well, think it may be. Wonderful. Well, remember, he's fighting Wonder Woman when Enchantress uh, takes his powers and ushers the magic word and changes him back. Yeah, I'm thinking this I is just one. assumed it. Yeah, I'm thinking Sorry. this is one that kills him. No, go ahead, Olivia. You assumed the same thing I did, that it was Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had assumed I, it was just Wonder Woman. I think we have a consensus that it was indeed Wonder Woman. Right. But yeah, issue four ends with this great thing with Thawne showing up, and you're just like, oh, here we go. Um, but issue five is is so great. Who wants issue five? I can go over to issue five. So um, issue five shows up with Thawne, like you said, with Thawne, and Barry, of course, is convinced that he, that that this is the villain behind the whole thing, and that it, this is all his doing. And we find out it's not. Yes. That Barry did this. That this is Barry's fault. Barry went back in time to stop Thawne from killing his mother. And when he did that, he, he succeeds and it creates the Flashpoint universe. Right. So this is all Barry's fault. And Thawne is thrilled about this because he says, you know what? I no longer have to rely on you anymore. I'm a walking paradox. I can kill you now. I'm not relying on you to be, become me. And that's what's really, I, I love that scene where he tells them, um, because I was out of the time stream when you did that, Barry Allen wasn't created, but yet, I still have my speed, which means your existence no longer creates mine. I, I can kill you now, and it's not going to have any repercussions. And you're just like, oh, right. damn. Yeah. <laughs> I can kill you. It's not a big deal. I can kill you. And that's great until Thomas Wayne shoves, impales him with a sword and kills him. <laughs> right. Well, that's a great <laughs> and, scene, too. And, and, yes, and, and Thomas Wayne has – Thomas Wayne Batman has his great line here. 
says, don't turn your back on a battlefield. Right. Which you'd think would be pretty much common sense, but apparently not. Well, and I also really love the first couple of pages when uh, he's blaming Thawne, and Thawne's just like, oh, Barry. He goes, and he basically says, haven't you figured it out yet? You did this. You're the villain oh. here, not me. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't my doing. This is your fault. Right. And then which Barry's I thought like, was a, <laughs> and Barry's like I what? I thought was a great twist right, right there that it wasn't. Because, I mean, throughout this whole thing, I'm I'm blaming Reverse Flash. I was like, yeah, this is Reverse Flash. It's his fault. You know, it's his fault. It's his fault. And then we find out, oh, no, Barry screwed up royally. Right. And then, of course, the, the, the war continues until Superman shows up. Um, stating no more, and not long after that, he gets in. He gets into the fight and starts taking people down. Right. Um, Here's what's really I'm great about that scene: we always know that Superman's powers came from solar radiation, right? Right. Um, the whole big muscle thing that just came from years of growing up a, a healthy Kansas farm boy. But he shows right. up. He's still somewhat pale. He's still very skinny, but he still has all the strength now. <laughs> yeah, he's still, he's still as strong as he ever was, even though he's a string bean. Right, because there's a good like, panel here where yeah. he's just totally beating through everybody. Right, yeah. because his cells yeah. have been a, absorbing solar radiation, and it's like it doesn't matter if I'm not big and buff; I'm still going to whip your ass. <laughs> still the most yeah. powerful man on the planet. Um, so while that battle's going on, Thomas Wayne gives a letter to give for Barry to give to Bruce, and encourages Barry to to fix his mess. Right. Um, Barry stop. Barry stops at his mom's house and has a you know a very very great discussion with her before going back in time to try to set things right. But, you know, hang on before you go there, because isn't the whole reason that uh, Wayne starts dying is because they don't stop Arthur's bomb, and Europe is it blows up, and Europe is going to sink anyway, right. and he's basically telling Flash, you need to do it. Um, right, yeah, the bomb the bomb drops and, you know, and takes out a bunch of people, and all these millions of people are going to die, so, you know, this is really the only option left. Well, and I love the scene when Barry talks to his mom, and, and now he's Flash again, and she's like, you know, what are you wearing? And he's telling her he has to do something. And it's such a great scene because she's, she asks him, you know, are millions of people going to die? And, and she's like, you know, he's like, yes, he doesn't want to admit it. And then she basically tells him that you have to do it, Barry. He goes, don't let my life be worth millions. Right, exactly. I, and I thought this was a really, really great scene, you know, that – here too i mean it was because you know of course barry he spent his whole life not wanting you know not wanting to lose his mom and his dad you know and now he at least has you know he has his mom back and i can honestly say i mean if i was in his situation it would give me pause i i don't know if i'd want to do it either well and know? we see that exactly here because he even earlier mentions that um what if this is the world what maybe i should just give up and we should accept this as a new reality and thomas is like no I'm not going to accept a reality where my son dies and I live. He goes, you fix it. I don't care if you, if your mom's alive and you're happy. And he basically tells yeah. him this world is wrong, you know, because you've even told me that Arthur and Diana are good people. And this whole thing of a sunken Europe and Demisera now ruling London doesn't happen. It's, he's, he, he makes a, a strong argument to Barry. Like, can't you see everything here is wrong? Wrong. Right. And, you know, ultimately, Barry makes the right decision. I mean, as, as much as you love your mother, you, you can't keep her alive at the expense of millions of people. You, right. You can't, you know. And I think that's as we found out. Classic... I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Nope, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, I think that's kind of the classic dilemma that a lot of, you know, these stories when there are parallel universes or parallel realities, it's like it could be perfect and it could be everything you ever wanted, but it's not real. So how can you accept it as being real? Right. right? Especially and, when there's consequences like this. And it's Spock taught us in the Star Trek movies, the needs of the few cannot outweigh the needs of the many. Oh, you just butchered that line. Yep. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. <sighs> you know what? Whatever. And, meanwhile, and meanwhile, Madden, <laughs> you're doing that wrong too. God, stop already. <laughs> this isn't a Star Well, that's Trek the way podcast. I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it with both hands. All right. So we're yeah, I great. can't do it with both hands. So but. there's a really great scene when he's rushing back in time. And you see all the alternate realities on this great two-page spread. Olivia's going to pull it up for me. Hint, hint. Um, and you see this great purple hooded figure. This is the first time we ever see Pandora, where she even tells him, none of these universes exist without the other. You have to basically merge them. She tells him, you know, they're too fractured now. They have to all be one. Um, is this, th- th- that's it. Yes, because yes. you can even see, lift it up, that's the new 52 universe in the bottom right, which is what we end up getting. Yep. Um, Superman without his underwear on the outside of his pants. Right. So he goes ahead, he restores the, the, the Earth, uh, the reality, but what ends up happening is he goes to visit Barry, or the, he goes to visit Batman again, um, and this time it is Bruce Wayne, and he does give Bruce a letter from Thomas. Um, so, but then he tells him, well, here's what's not right. I remember my 13th birthday party. I have all these memories of mom and dad that I shouldn't, but you know, those are from the other earth, but they're still there. And, and Bruce says something like, well, maybe, you know, they're always going to be there or maybe they're going to fade with time. Um, but for those of us reading flashpoint, we don't know what's coming yet, even though we do know what's coming for those of you guys who weren't reading comics. then. DC told us before this event started, oh, by the way, we're going to cancel all the books and relaunch everything with new number ones, and it's going to be a whole new history. And we went, excuse us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed out on, a lot, on uh, a lot of good good stories here because when I found that out was going to happen, I canceled a lot of my DC books. I was like, well, it's just going to be rebooted anyway. Continue and I think a lot of us did that. I didn't cancel a lot of my books. Somebody, I just didn't read the last two issues because I knew it was not going to matter anymore. Right. Yeah, so that was a, a big decision on DC's part. And I think it's still to this day one of the biggest things that's happened in the comic book industry that the publishers directly had a hand in because it's not just changing up a story. It's changing up every single story you published. Right. Well, and it, it had a problem right from the get-go because they told you we're wiping out all the history except for the Green Lantern history. And you're like, no, 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 no. You can't pick and choose the pieces that sold well and keep those because it, it fits your, your bottle. Either wipe it all clean or wipe none of it clean. Um, Absolutely. So before we get into the repercussions, good or bad, you guys, I, I love Flashpoint. I think it was a well-executed story. A lot of the, okay. uh, the tie-ins were fantastic. It, despite what comes after it, it's actually a really good story. Yeah, Flashpoint was excellent. I, I enjoyed this. This was a, this was a great read. But, you know, it was written by Jeff Johns, so what we're, you know... Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, DC has a lot of good events that they publish, but I think Flashpoint and Crisis are two of the best ones. What were you going to say, Madman? Uh, I always thought that Flash is the Magoo of uh, the, the, the superheroes, of all the superheroes. He's the Magoo. He just 
rushes in and doesn't really think of all the consequences. And I, I think that, that, you know, it could show the kind of trouble that he can stir up just by being Flash. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he could, he could mess up royally. Time travel is not something to play with. And it's not like he didn't have president and previous stories to know that I probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> right. Right. Because there's even a scene in Flashpoint where he realizes – I can go back in time to the point of my and catch myself where he's stopping himself and he's and his past self is yelling like no and he's like no you don't understand this can't happen. <laughs> yeah, he's a crocodile hunter of the uh, superhero universe. I probably shouldn't do this. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, he's kind of even like that stereotypical hot-headed young superhero who has all this power. I mean, at one point you have to mess up big in order to realize exactly yeah, how would- powerful you are. Yeah. yeah, I would compare him to uh, Johnny Storm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. Leaps in first and then goes, oops, did I do, you know, he pulls the Oracle. Did I do that? <laughs> yes, Barry, you did. That would have been How great. metaphors can we make? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, did I do that line would have been great in this story. So, I, I would have so let's talk about what comes out of this. New 52. Um, great idea. I, I loved the concept. But a lot of the execution, just, let's face it, just sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't read a lot of the New 52. Um, I was I, I was uh, engaged at this time and was uh, getting out of comics because I needed to pay for a wedding. So right. I would not read a lot of this during this time period um, at all. But yes, from my, what I understand, there was a lot of stuff that where there was some really good stuff. Like uh, I, from my understanding, Batman was great during the New 52. The oh, Court yes. of Owls. Well, was, oh, Court of, Court of Owls. Owls. Man, what a villain. <laughs> Um, but you know that there was a lot of stuff that was just was not good. Well, and one of the characters yeah, Batman's actually the one that I did read. One of the characters that actually benefited greatly out of all of them from New Fifty Two and Flashpoint, which just floored everybody, was Aquaman. <laughs> Everything else stunk to high heaven, but Aquaman was really great. Yeah, I heard that too from Enos. He likes to preach how great Aquaman is quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was the one that managed to keep the quality when they went from New 52 to Rebirth. They managed to say, okay, keep what worked with the New 52 Aquaman and just move that forward. What, one of the things I hated about New 52 was how action went back to telling the early days of Superman. And he's flying around with just a pair of pants and, and a t-shirt. Now, here's the thing that just, just irks me to no end. He goes to a shop and orders, like, what, a hundred of these shirts with his S design on it. And now suddenly Superman is flying around Metropolis, you know, doing all these good deeds. What keeps the T-shirt dealer from just going to the press and say, hey, by the way, I know who that is. I made a shirt. Right, <laughs> right. Not a right. very secret identity. Right. But we can go to a store and get a, t- a Superman t- T-shirt. Okay, but at the time, there was no such thing as a logo. He specifically goes and orders like a hundred of these things. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So I remember by when when uh, when, it re- when they renumbered Action Comics, one of the first things I did was get an Action Comics number one. I don't think I ever read it because I really wasn't worried about reading it, but I wanted to make sure that I had an Action Comics one right. in my collection. No, comic books back in the '30s and '40s were horrible. Yeah. so bad well here's the thing though uh, Superman number one reboot started off okay with George Perez um, and I think he had some real big plans for that but DC kept telling him no you can't do that no you can't do this and finally George said well pfft, I'm out of here then so right. at some point I want to hear that story 
from from George Perez about what it was with Superman and DC and him knocking heads because you know that's why he left that title, right? Is there was a lot he wanted to do and they kept telling him, No, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe someday we'll find out what the what the real story so, was behind what some, his vision was. We might have to follow this up uh with convergence and rebirth. Um at another discussion. Hell, maybe we'll just do that next week. Um, but okay. in case you didn't catch it, um, do you know, um, how was DC going to fix New 52 if it didn't work? You saw it in the book. I did not catch it. Oh, you caught it. You just don't realize you caught it. Okay. Enlighten us. You're great so much one. smarter than us, Randy. That's, I damn right <laughs> I am. Yeah. Let's see if Olivia catch it, knows it. Um... I'll just let you go ahead. It was Pandora. I probably have my theories, but Pandora was the reset valve. Well, yeah, it makes. And they didn't. See that I didn't catch. Yeah, that's that's why you start seeing her, um, and all the new number ones after that. Pandora shows up because she's basically checking a new timeline. That's why you had that whole Trinity of Sin comic. So their reset was Pandora. They just didn't utilize it, and they should have, like probably half a year in. I don't think they should have done it at all. Uh, what flashpoint or? Well, going to a new fifty-two. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can tell you what I thought I would have liked to have seen as a reader. Okay, you want to wipe out all the history. Let's have flashpoint reset to pre nineteen eighty, and none of those big events have happened, but we still have all those same heroes. And now, if you want to bring in new readers, you can do those previous events with new twist. Yeah. That would have worked for me. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's hard to totally erase all the history. Well, and it's, it's a lot to keep up with. Right. Especially when you tell the readers you're going to wipe it out, except for all the Green Lantern stuff. And I think they're going to keep all the Batman stuff, too, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and at that point, it's yeah, like, what do you keep track of then? Right. We're so, supposed to have been kept well, intact. If I may, I mean, when they came out with the new Star Wars movies... They came. They uh, kind of got rid of all the old the the books and stuff like that. They got rid of all the fiction that happened after uh, Return of the Jedi and before Episode One. You know, all that fiction kind of got erased. You know, it's a, and and it um it turned into this new thing because there's a ton of people at the studio saying, "I want to write the next Star Wars script." Uh, forget about this Admiral Thrawn guy. You know, I want to do. I want to write a Star Wars movie. And I think that there's a bunch of people who want to reinvent a character as iconic as Superman or Batman and so forth. And I think that that kind of led to uh, creating this reboot of fiction, this retcon of fiction that I, I, I usually doesn't work out very well, in right. my humble opinion. And another thing, too, that and I know this aggravated me and, and I know every other DC fan out there at the point was livid. Um, Flashpoint effectively removed um, almost permanently um, Wally West and Donna Troy, they were mm -hmm. nowhere to be seen. In fact, I don't think we even get them back until Rebirth and the whole co and Convergence before that. In fact, I don't think they show up in Convergence. Um, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to touch upon Convergence and Rebirth and, and what they did right and what those happened because Rebirth was really good too. Rebirth the way you're smart with too because they didn't drag it out. Anyway, we'll, we'll get there in the discussion. Anyhow. It's a whole other podcast. Exactly. Right? We, are all, we are out of time. Just want to remind everyone that Mad Men does Shock Monkey Radio um, every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on FXBG Public Radio. We do have our um, Facebook group 
facebook.com slash lost in long box and we have lost in long box at gmail.com please drop us a letter I'd like to hear from you um in fact before we go i'm actually going to um drop this out here for you guys because i'm doing this on my facebook um we also have our facebook groups batman yesterday today forever the realm of superheroes comics and pop culture gather together the greatest superhero teams our batman yesterday today forever page is, is run by enos is doing great um before we go you listeners out there the email address is lost in the long box at gmail.com. Here is a trivia question. You're not going to get any questions or any prizes or anything. I'll just shout your name out on the air next week. Um, trivia question number one. What was always the nefarious plan of Marvin the Martian? Email your answer to us, lost in the long box at gmail.com. Um, Madman, Tommy, Olivia, good night. Everybody see you good next night. week. See you good next night. week. Good night, everyone.